Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Compulsive Reader Talks. I'm Magdalena Ball and today's guest is cartoonist and author, or is that author and cartoonist, Roland Harvey. Roland's latest book, In the City, has a Where's Wally type of addictiveness that has been drawing fans from all over, from all age groups. His locations are very Australian, but he infuses them with a humor that's international and a sense of detail that keeps adults as well as children coming back for more. And I'm speaking with personal experience. His books have been shortlisted and won awards and awards many times over, as well as the Clifton Pew Awards for Illustration and the Wilderness Society Environment Award. Roland, welcome. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for joining me today. Um, for the sake of our listeners, some of whom may not have read some of your books, just tell us a little bit about your In the series. Just a quick overview of the books and characters. Um, well, they're, they're probably fairly Australian. They're, they're, very, they're very busy and detailed, and they're, they're kind of a, a hugely um, sort of seen from afar um, look, at, look at, at each of those environments. So there's the beach, there's the bush, and there's the city. Uh, and they're they're just really um, they're chockers, <laughs> full, full of information and full of um, busy little happenings and wisecracks and so on. So if that sums it up, that's what they are. And, and uh, yeah, tell me how the series. It's very idiosyncratic, I think, to 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 myself, to me, the way I sort of see things as well. And and how did the series come about? Well, it was actually. It was suggested by Bilal, my publisher, and it was kind of—it was just at the right moment. I've I'd been wanting to do um, more on on beach. I, I really love, and I love it as well. I've been a thick, um, sort of really interested in everything to do with the environment and, and the environment and, and uh, the forms and the. Mm. Uh, the first one was at the beach because in Australia beaches are so yeah fundamental to, to our culture and to our, our way of life uh, and then that was pretty successful so we followed on with what I probably love most and that's the, the bush, the mountains and the, the rivers uh, and then it was just logical to come to the city yeah. so we did and, and tell me about um, Wombat Flat and Crabby Spit. Are they real places? Have you been there? They're, they're, they're sort of an amalgam, a combination of a couple of my favourite places. Um, at the beach, which is Crabby Spit, my girlfriend uh, suggested that name. And, but it's, it's a mixture of where I was living, uh, living on a clifftop looking out over the, over the sea, uh, at Flinders, which is um, about two hours or an hour and a half from Melbourne. Uh, and uh, so it's a mixture of that place and uh, a couple of others down the coast so I could fit more different, you know, more variety in, in the environments. Uh, and uh, Krabby and uh, Wombat Flat is actually very, very uh, much modelled on a, a place where I, I had a house up on, on a river near one of our ski resorts, um, but at the foot of the mountain, and it's a very remote and very beautiful Area so um, it's set on this river with full of trout and all sorts of things and when you part of my motivation for doing these things as well is that I um, having spent a lot of time there I'm really aware of the diversity and what's actually there so part of the what I wanted to do was to show what's there and every every week uh, you've got a whole whole new range of things happening and birds and 
fungi and plants and flowers and things doing things. So, and the weather, the change. So I was trying to, I really wanted to express that uh, and also try and uh, open people's eyes a bit to, to what's, what's actually what's around us. Mm. So do, do you... Do you have to do much research for the books? Do you, do you know? Do you sit down and look around you, or is it all in your head? Well, with the places, uh, you know, the beach and the bush, I'm so familiar with them that uh, there's very little research, except for things, <laughs> things like throwing horses. I had to go <laughs> try and find out how they actually work, so I could get their movements right. But um, the, the city, there was a lot of that was a very long project because I had to. Uh, I mean, it got cross sections of the city and things like that and I had no idea what was there but also so uh, water drains and the sub all sorts of things plus a whole lot search in, in the city book was um, was enormous really you mean the dragon you mean the dragons and the sewers aren't real <laughs> the, the dragons are actually dinosaurs, which not many people know about. They're, they are down there, but they're, they're not real. Uh, but the, the sewers are fairly close to uh, how they actually work, um, and the cross-sections of buildings are, you know, pretty much... I keep tripping myself up and, and getting sort of obsessed with having an accurate... So, uh, which is not the purpose of the book, really. It's just a, visually stimulating and... and Put across some information as well, but to, actually just to show what's hidden in the corners and what's uh, you know what's there that you don't actually always notice. Because mm, the city's not—it's not your usual travelogue, is it? I mean, we've we've got some places um, that are common, like the museum and um, the aquarium, but the, you know the tour of the sewers and the um, you know even just um, one day witnessing a fire. I guess it's almost like the sorts of things kids notice, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, some of them also are things that I'd like to, um, I'd like to see there as well. So, um, well, there's a book I'm working on at the moment, which is just a place I would love to, to be at. And it's uh, totally fictitious and a mixture of all sorts of experiences and so on. But it, yeah, it, it's often, I put them in there just to, uh, because I find it, I find it really exciting, I think. Mm. Yeah, and do you, you know? Do you plot it all out to begin with, or do you just kind of let your imagination run wild and pick an area and, and then go to town? <laughs> it's a hard question to answer because I do it both ways, and uh, the best ones are the spontaneous ones. But I, I'm always again tripping myself, but with not planning enough and then getting into you know where the continuity doesn't work and all sorts of things go wrong. And, and I realise I should have I should have planned it much more thoroughly. So. Um, yes, I do. I, I plan them out very carefully, but I, sometimes I just do the, the do planning and otherwise, and, and then as I'm I'm drawing through, and I just you know, it, my, my mind, I guess, goes into another place, and uh, I'm spontaneously thinking of wise cracks or funny, you know, funny situations or. Characters that that just pop into your head, and often it's very interesting. Sometimes I'm, I'm working at one corner and something's happening, and I look across the, some other part of the page, and it actually relates to to what I'm what I was doing, you know, in the other in the corner, and uh, all these sort of probably subconscious things and accidents accidents of design. Uh, um, um, it's, it's, 
grand plan. Back at another work. So, uh, so uh, planning. Uh, do, do you t- do you have a big picture theme in your mind? Uh, yeah, I do. With, with the things I'm with the things I'm very familiar with, I definitely do. Uh, I've got that. I can start in one corner and just fill in the page with because uh, I know what's going to be next. You know, what's coming next. So, uh, often I'll just put in the, the, the structure, you know, the framework of the building or the, the shape of the river and, you know, a couple of other things and then just go... Because it's, that, that's the spontaneous um, part of the illustration. It, it, it even changes the way you draw. So, you know, if, if I'm drawing for fun and, for, and freely, it's much nicer, then drawings are much nicer than if I've uh, actually sort of sketched it out and planned every line. And, and that's just the way my drawing is. Uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't help to have a, a really tight um, bit of you know, preliminary work because I, I find that the line of the drawing just suffers from it. From it. So sure. I think it's much better much better if I have a picture of a person in my head who pops in my head or I just draw him or whatever it is. Um, it, the drawings are much more interesting, lively, funnier. Everything about it is better. And I guess serendipity is a, an important part of, um, you know, that that ser- the in the series, finding things, you know, looking around and finding things. And I suppose there's a serendipity for you as you're creating it that that translates to the reader that you know things come into your head and you, you put them down in the book. Yeah, and I'm often, very often surprised at uh, how much people pick up that I might have just forgotten about or that, that they actually have looked so closely and they see things, sometimes they see things that I didn't intend to be there, but um, there, there, are, there are tiny jokes in, in obscure places and, and very arcane sort of jokes, but uh, people pick them up, and, and, and kids as well. The kids pick them up more quickly than they have, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, well, um, you know, I was wondering myself how you'd categorize them. The book said six plus, um, but I guess children and, and adults see different things when they look at it. They come to it from a different perspective. Do you, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I know kids. There are there are some kids that pick up everything, but uh, there are a lot of a lot of the um, material in the book is is fairly not adult in the sense of being questionable, but uh, I mean it's it's things that uh, it's about things that adults. Know about more than kids. Yeah, for example, restaurants and things like that. So there's there's humour in there that's very much based on on and my experience. Things are particularly which have meant to put a little bit of a message. Uh, the, um, for example, the the acceptable uh, throwing things like that. So there's there's a in there, which I care about a lot, uh, and I put them into to sort of make people take a, a second look and maybe think about things. And uh, there are ugly things in there, and I, I, sort of, I hope that people will look at them and realize, realize that they could have been done much better. And so, so for the future, yeah, for planning, we 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 should <laughs> think a bit more carefully sometimes, uh, or uh, a lot of the time. So uh, I had I do have my uh, my didactic my uh, sort of missionary um, evangelical streak there. 
Sure, sure. I guess, um, you know, you're presenting little bits and pieces of messages. But then anybody who looks at any place will come, you know, they'll have their own um, gloss on what, what is good and what isn't good. Is the city Sydney? <laughs> I know it's Luna Park, but, um, and I thought maybe the museum was the powerhouse, but I don't remember the swimming pool out of the giant scientist. <laughs> or they have a baby exhibit, if only it was that easy. The giant scientist is actually a friend of mine who is um, the director of the museum, so I don't know if you've seen that yet. Uh, and um, it's not a very pretty site. But the, the, the most of the places are either Melbourne or Sydney, or just really cities anywhere. But um, I, I know people like to recognise or, or wonder if they, they can recognise uh, places. So some of it's very Melbourne. Um, but I, I guess there are a lot of similarities as well. Um, there's one one page that's um, I call it Carling, Carlingford because it's Carlington, because it's um, a half of half Carlton and half Addington, you know. So there's Melbourne and Sydney in there, and it's it's one of my favourite places. It's a really old, very uh, organic kind of place with lots of little terraces and little gardens and little restaurants and cafes and shops. It's just a very busy sort of cosmopolitan university uh, suburb, I suppose. Um, Rich, very rich, but it could be Harvard, it could be Melbourne, it could be uh, Adelaide, it could be anywhere except perhaps Alice Springs. So, um, how about the characters that you've drawn? You've got you've got Frankie, Henry, and Penny. Do they get older in the books? <laughs> they get older and younger, and it's not my not I don't really do being consistent. It's a bit of a problem. But uh, the, the characters are two young friends of mine. They're um, around here last night. In fact, they, uh, as Penny and Henry, they're lovely kids. They don't look like anything like the kids in the book, but they're kind of my, my models. And so, thank you. And you dedicated one of the books to him too, didn't you? Uh, right. Yeah. This one's dedicated to my mum, who's who's really 97. Uh, she was uh, she was a very very successful designer, and uh, I'm. For, uh, for having interest on uh, make music as well, so it's, uh, it's it's lovely to have the opportunity to uh, put something in in the book or on the record um, in appreciation of my dear mum. And you've got grandma, of course, in the beach one. Ah, uh, yes, yes, she's uh, well, she's a bit like mum actually. Yeah, um, younger version, mum. I said ninety-seven, so she doesn't look like that, but. Uh, Grandma's, yeah, it's a, really just a, a grandma who was put in there to um, give the kids a reason to to write the postcards. Um, and uh, it's something we don't do much these days. We email or we text or something, don't we? But uh, postcards, it's lovely to receive something like that. A picture, of, a corny picture of some some beach or some girl or whatever. So a little personal message. And, and then the reader gets put in the role of grandma in that case, doesn't doesn't they? Doesn't they? Yeah. they feel that yeah, yeah. sense of intimacy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I think there are a lot. There's a in the illustration. I mean, you mentioned Where's Wally, uh, which I, I find a bit cold, really. Um, I've deliberately included a lot of the the sort of more spontaneous and the warm things in in life, and, and the, the funny little moments, and people, you know. Having accidents, all sorts of you know, just quirky things that go on, and uh, I've deliberately done that because I wanted to be, I wanted to sort of touch people's um, um, memories and 
you know, touch on their own experiences uh, as much as possible. And it's very much... Yeah, and of course, you have to tell stories rather than where's Wally, but you can still kind of do them, can't you? You can actually go in and, and look specifically for the detail. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, there are things that follow through from page to page. And there's lots of, uh, of uh, weird things to, to puzzle out, I guess, too, um, and wonder. I mean, some, some of them are just open-ended. There's no, there's no resolution in the end. It's just uh, you wonder where it's going, and sometimes you can invent your own little story about it. You wonder what, what somebody's actually doing there and uh, so on. There are very, I just really love the... the the odd things that people do, and you just see people, eccentric people, or um, people doing something that you just don't understand, and that's the you know, part of the richness of everything. I just love it, observing them, and uh, and the, the, the ridiculous things that people do as well. I, I, it's all you know it makes everything so much more um, so much more fun. So empty when you think uh, unusual, sort of sitting in a cafe to, to pull out the sketchbook and say, yeah, definitely going in the next one. I'm a bit about that. I'm wondering whether somebody's going to come up and object me or... So I, I don't want to pull out. I limit to in your memory and, and observe you if, you if you're actually drawing them as you in fact I found this with the, my school work and university work as well that if you're drawing something you're actually really really observing it well, properly and uh, you can't do it unless you understand it and uh, things like machinery or horses movements or people where they sit and stand and, and express their emotions and you, if you're drawing them you, you really really see it um, in uh, much more um, accurate way, and so the perception is really heightened if you're if you going to draw or something, mm. uh, which I have found only recently, um, and, and I, I'm very sort of pleased uh, because it's, uh, it's made a difference to, to the books, I think. Yeah. So how long does it take you to put together a book like In the City, say, to, to the point where it's ready to send off? Yeah, look, if it's... It's, it goes back to what we were saying about the, the detail and how much research and so on. So if, if there's a lot of research in it, uh, it can take quite a long time. I, I think um, there was more research time within the city than uh, there was in, in the actual illustration itself, but um, it, it was probably six months or something like that. Um, and, of course, you can't just work solidly on it, so I'd have, I'd have a break here and also... <laughs> Or, you know, so um, it was stopped a bit, but um, it, it, it's basically two or three days per page, I think, to do the actual illustrations. And sometimes it'll be you know, half a day per page if I'm really familiar with it, or if it's just simpler, because they're all very busy. Um, and and sometimes I've, you know, I've got to, I've got to backtrack, and I say, you know, I realise that one page doesn't follow properly from the next from the previous one, so I have to. I had to rework one or the other, and so there's all those little um, mishaps, and accidents, and, and failures of planning and things that, that slow it right up. But uh, probably a day, two days a page, roughly. Um, and I choose to I choose to use difficult media um, as well, for, just because I like the old-fashioned dip pens, and I like watercolour, and I like you know. So if you make a mistake, you and you do with a dip pen, they blot and watercolour doesn't always do what you want. So um, the mistakes uh, 
blow it all up as well. Sometimes the mistakes are add to it, but they really make an interesting, uh, um, interesting effect. You do the In the Bush books all by yourself. They're not there around. Your other books are collaborative with you as illustrator. Were you surprised once? Yeah. That stuck in. You're breaking up. I'm not getting. Oh, sorry. Were you surprised at how well you did text? Um. At what? How good? I've always liked. I've always writing. Um. And I do. I really like working with um, with different experts in different areas. So, for example, the the giant scientist is he's a, he's a doctor of science. So he's um, uh, he studied astronomy, uh, and he knows everything there is to know about space and and um, science generally. And being um, at the very top of the, the museum, he knows uh, a lot of stuff. And working with that. Person is, is, is exciting because they know so much. And I did another book called Sick As uh, in America. It's called Bloody Moments in the History of Medicine. And uh, that, that woman was a um, lady. Was a um, uh, she's an immunologist and a TV presenter and a lot of things uh, with terrific knowledge and broad knowledge and, uh, and intensive knowledge in, in uh, science and medicine as well. So we together we put. Um, you know, a really interesting book out because of her knowledge and, and then my interpretation. We work together as a team a lot. Um, uh, the other book is My Place in Space, which has been published in Australia or most countries actually, and it's just reissued. Uh, and that was the book that the uh, my friend, the astronomer and the data scientist, Robin Hurst, uh, he and his wife, uh, they, they, they wrote that and I illustrated and with, with another illustrator who's an expert in in air pressure illustration, which is you know, part of that very, very real, super realistic um, uh, illustration that he just done a lot of advertising work on. So he has a completely different style of work. We all worked, the four of us worked on the one book um, separately and, and together as well, so that it all came together through you know, four heads. Mm. Which is great fun. And I think the result is really, really good too. So, so you bring in both the illustrations and the text. Do you do that even when you're working as an illustrator solely? Do you come in and say, you know, I think we should maybe, you should write about this or you know, I, your ideas? I, I do. I, I do talk to people a lot. Um, it doesn't work if somebody if there's somebody there dictating what I should do. But uh, very often um, I work with the editor or publisher or uh, with my family or my kids or my partner. Or, so I'll, I'll ask questions. Um, which do you like better? And, and the, the response is usually pretty clear. So uh, it helps me because I, I there's a, there too many ideas to actually just always choose one real thing. So uh, it's hard to have to just react and also maybe just a different approach too. Uh, actually stops me dead and in fact if can't if I get to I don't know which um character looks yeah, the more interesting or the more uh, close close to the to the um, basic character description description. Um and I'll just have to I stop and I don't know where it goes. So I you know, go and I talk to kids in classes and things and which one do you like best? Do you like the friendly, goofy looking dragon or do you like the scary dragon and 
they always say they're scary to have no idea. That one. Um, so that, that's really, really helpful. So there's a lot of consultation, I guess, a very informal consultation goes on. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's really, it's for me to then just myself and put put it all down on the on the paper and, and add you know, add the layers and add the the wisecracks and the, the little bits of humour in there. It's a long answer, isn't it? No, no, it's a good answer. So you you mentioned that um, you know that your characters are real people. At least Henry and, and Penny were over last night. Do you sometimes invite them over for inspiration and <laughs> tell them to go and play oh, the oh, yeah. and watch them? Yep, yep, absolutely. I um, take them to the, the playground and take photos of them just running and jumping just to get the kids' movements and so on. And uh, it's one of the things. That it's very difficult actually to. And uh, there are other illustrators that are much better at it than I am, so I have to work pretty hard to uh, to get that, uh, that those characteristic movements of old people, young people, and you know, star people, timid people. <laughs> you you, uh, you really you have to you just have to become very observant, um, and you see some very funny things looking at the observing people and when they don't know, you know, on the train or something. Um, so I, I do have the kids over and I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always watching them and try to, try to just remember their, the, the nuances of their, well, the way they think as well, which is, uh, yeah, they're very they're creative thinkers and creative in the way they are naughty or good or yeah, it's all, um, they're not nearly as rigid and boring as, as we are, as we across here. Sure, and they they bring their perspectives into what we see when we look at the books. Yeah, it's very it's very um, easy to uh, get trapped into into writing or and drawing for adults and, and forgetting that the kids. Uh, I'd probably fall into that a bit, um, forgetting that the kids well, might want something different. They love the ridiculous things and uh, and the, the really weird or the really dangerous things. And I think like I think they also learn a lot, you know, through through. Uh, I've never been reluctant to put in the questionable you know, like a when you stop and go, Oh my yeah. oh god, he's gonna fall off that he sort of yeah. I once uh, I once did a tour of a a baby and I was I must have been in a, a board or something and I stuck a cigarette in its mouth. And uh, it, it really shocked me. Uh, and people who've seen it, they go, "Oh, it's you know." And it, it's it's actually quite it's quite a powerful thing. And it's an awful obscene um, thing, you know, it's a baby with a cigarette. And uh, I, I do wonder whether it's a, a good way of um, getting the message across. But uh, I haven't haven't been going to put it in a book yet. You you might get some protests. Oh, I'm sure I would, and uh, but I think they'd be misguided in a way because certainly yes. I, I, I don't think it's advocating, you know, giving cigarettes to babies. But uh, the yeah, well, I hope so. Well, absolutely, hope so. And, uh, and, and the kids, uh, one thing that really bothers me is that the kids and teenagers they're so subjected, and this is no no new idea. It's just uh, just not doesn't seem to be given. You know, do you, um, uh, recognition, but it's subjected to so much, um, to so much pressure to to uh, eat fast food and only eat you know things with a certain symbol on it or uh, etc. And um, that something's cool, uh, and if you don't do it, you're not cool. And um, 
you know, so so I think my little protest or my little efforts of shocking people in the other direction are um, quite legitimate, really. Yes, for so sure. So I've 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 really done done that I think through with my children um, by taking the odd risk, I guess, or, or allowing them to with a close eye on them, but. Uh, with the physical things, sports things, and outdoor activities, yeah, they've, they've had some pretty hair-raising adventures, and come, they've come through. They've learned a lot, and they've come. They've learned what what hurts and what uh, what what makes you miserable and cold, or, or and they've also they've learned the exhilaration of you know achieving something that's really difficult and perhaps dangerous. And um, so, so I think it's, I do think it's a, it's a healthy thing to uh, to do as long as you. You know, you're ready to pull them out if you have to. Sure. But, uh, it, it, and yeah, as a result, they're, they're in their twenties now, and as a result, I think they're all, they're very coordinated and they're very, um, you know, they have no fear of things, but they understand what uh, how how to taking the risk, and I'm happy to say that none of them drive swiftly or drink and drive sort of thing I must admit to um, And now you said that on air they've got sorry, to stick to it. Yeah, they have to stick to I'm it. Sorry? Now, now you've said I'm that sorry, on air. You, now now that you've publicly said that, your children uh, have to stick to it. Well, you can edit it out if you like. It's a bit of slide, isn't it? Oh, it's can edit it out. Um, so just, we, we're nearly out of time, but... Um, can you give us a hint about where Frankie, Henry, and Penny are going to go next? I'm, I'm hoping they'll go on a, a trip around Australia. Um, I'm hoping that will happen. And look at some of the, the places that are really unusual and, and, and have unique, have uh, you know, individual characteristics. And, and the kids there do things that we in the city or we in by the sea, where we just don't understand or know about and they have to live with that or they live with certain dangers and they live with certain deprivations and they live with certain wonderful things and yeah so I'm hoping to uh, do that and maybe include some of the things like the local music and, and things and so and and the, um, the uh, just remote um, um, like sort of environments so hopefully, that's a very confused answer, but hopefully it'll be that trip and uh, we'll look at what's, what's there, the, the physical environment, but also what, what the local people do and a um, bit of the history of the place and so on. Excellent. So well, look, look forward to it. Oh, so why? <laughs> <laughs> so that's all we have time for today, unfortunately. Um, but thanks very much, Roland, for joining us. And Maybe thank you. Thank you to our listeners. And um, for January... We've got something a little different. Um, we have an interview coming up with two European authors, Lorraine Mason and Maureen Vincent Northam, authors of, amongst other things, the ABC Checklist for New Writers, and they'll be talking about their latest book and the whole process of writing professionally. So if you're a writer, you'll want to join us, and then it's back to literary fiction in February. So um, to everybody, this is our last show for the year. Have a happy holiday, healthy new year, and um, we'll see you in the new year. Thanks again, Roland. Thanks, Maddie. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.